Welcome everybody. Another episode of Ask the Pool Guy and Girl. I'm here in Brighton, Michigan. It's been a while. Would you say? Yeah. It has been. And well, we do have, have these distractions going on. Let's have a conversation. I don't know if let's you can see, but... Let's have a conversation. There's Penny. There's Penny. With one of her puppies down there. So periodically during the day today, there's probably going to be heavy breathing as they <laughs> run by because the puppy, Bobby, which we should introduce the world to Bobby. Yeah, Bobby Axelrod. Everyone's probably seen Penny, but Bobby Axelrod Bobby Axelrod needs a little intro. Although since he's being quiet, maybe yeah, we'll let him we'll be for a there. Check out the Facebook page. You'll see him. Plenty. Definitely. So what's going on in your world? Well, pool guy. Being it's so drastically different than my world. I know, pool guy. I am just happy to see that you are wearing your limited edition t-shirt today. If you have one of these t-shirts, only a handful of people in the world do, it is bound to be a collector's item. It's even on a sweatshirt. That's me in eighth grade. Yeah. You should have seen the bowl my mother cut, put on my head to cut that hair. It was a perfect bowl cut. Did you and just right around the ears? Did you ever think, as an eighth grader, that you would be as popular in the pool industry as you find yourself today? In eighth grade, I had no idea what life would bring, which is really interesting. It's kind of a good jumping-off point. Is we don't know necessarily our lives and where they go. And there's a really cool commercial on TV now, it's a car commercial or something, and it says, at five years old, you know, you wanted to be, or at eight years old, you wanted to be a pilot at such and such, you wanted to be such and such, and, and then, and then you realize that your original dream was the right one or something, and it's, they're driving a car really fast or whatever, and sort of that idea of you're piloting your own life, and I think it's kind of catchy, but it, it got me to thinking about what my life has been, and not many commercials will take me off on a court, you know, most of it's just blah, turn it off. But I've seen that commercial twice and it's gotten me to thinking about where I was when I was eight years old or what's eighth grade, 13 years old, something like that, probably. Where was I at at 13? Where was I at graduated from high school or even from college? And at that point, by the time I graduated from college, I was already in the pool business, which is really crazy to think about. I was just barely out of my teens when I started. And who could have predicted eighth grade? No, this guy right here. This guy right here was scared of his own shadow. That, that guy right there was too afraid to try anything, anything at all. And I don't know why. Maybe upbringing, whatever it is, but I had a lot of those mental tapes going on in my head as to why I couldn't or shouldn't do certain things. What about you? So if we had a limited edition Ask the Pool Girl 8th <laughs> grade t-shirt picture of you, where would you say you were then versus what you are now? Because that person's still in there, right? I mean, yeah. we know that there's that essence is still there Definitely. and those vulnerabilities, but where were, where were you? You know, this is a fun question because I, this past week, was able to take one of my high school friends. She was my tennis partner when we played on the doubles, uh, played doubles on the tennis team in high school. And we were talking about kind of starting, moving to a new place and completely starting over. And one of the things that I really enjoy in life is that kind of blank slate to invent anything that I want to be. So in middle school, I was very much a product of expectation. 
the way that you behave, the way that you get grades in school, the friends that you have, the interactions that you have, I was very much a product of those expectations. When I got into high school, so just after eighth grade, ninth grade, I probably started to spread my wings a little bit. And then in 10th grade, I had a big pattern interrupt. I moved and I was able to kind of reinvent myself. And I think that's a pivotal time in my life because I, on a smaller scale, got to make all of my own rules. And I didn't have that expectation swirling around in the same way. Nobody knew me, nobody had that history with me because I was like a transplant into a different area. And it was fabulous. And I think kind of doing what we did with the pool business in a way is we kind of clean slated everything and then we just jumped off from where we were. So sometimes, I, I guess the lesson that I'm getting to in this is sometimes circumstance allows us that reset button and sometimes choice gives us that reset button. So eighth grade, I wouldn't say I was scared of my own shadow, but I was a product of expectation. And then from there, I really you started off on your own. Now, were you consciously aware of that, that I had this opportunity <laughs> to reinvent myself, or did it just sort of come to you that all of a sudden no one knew you? You know, at the time, I didn't understand it the way that I do now. Right. But well. I do remember very vividly in my head thinking, Nobody here knows anything about me. Mm -hmm. And the only things that they'll learn are what I show them or what I tell them. So I didn't understand it in the maybe psychological way yeah. that I do now, but, but I very much recognize well, it. Well, I certainly had a, a childhood where we moved several times. And the first time was sixth grade. And I was explaining in a mastermind group the other day how we have these bookmarks, these it typically their traumas or their bad things that sort of give us a framework that all of a sudden frozen is in time is this period of time for whatever reason. It doesn't have to be that though, but very typically I think the human mind, for whatever reason, conditioning, we tend to lock into those things. But for me in sixth grade, partway through sixth grade, I moved to another state where again, I was a little younger, but it was this whole reinventing of myself without knowing it and it was really interesting because again I talked about this guy the scared of the shadow thing when I moved in sixth grade oh, I was I was oh this is oh. we can always introduce okay. Bobby because Whew. there he is that's, all right that's Bobby Axelrod Here say hi to the world here's Bobby Axelrod he is 10 weeks, ten weeks and one, one day. day old today and he is growing by leaps and bounds. He's 20 pounds. This will be a fun bookmark because in four or five months, I think he'll be at least double oh, this, yeah. if not more. So Bob, He's an amazing puppy. Never thought I'd have a dog named Bob. His name is Bobby Atlas Axelrod the third. And he and is he's a fabulous. good boy. Yes. He's a good boy. You got it. Of course. Have to talk about Bobby Axelrod, so of course Penny has to stick Penny, her nose the in cool there, dog. looking for her own attention. Yeah, Penny, that's this is your middle you middle child, so, isn't it? So, fun fact: this past week, I took Bobby Axelrod, who's going to go on an adventure now. I took Bobby Axelrod and his sister Loki to one of our pool, or a couple of our pools, uh, one that we're currently building, so he and Loki could play with the kids there. Then we ran up to see Pat and Gary and drop off a little something and they just love us and are a treat and joy to be with. And then I went to our 
natural nautical legendary escape with the waterfall and the pizza oven and the spa. And I pulled up in the car. While we were building their pool, Penny was on the job every day. And the homeowners had given Penny a toy, which eventually got cemented back in their project, which had been a few passed years later. down yep. from it was a special toy. one of the family pets uh, or something. Pets. So mm -hmm. that was very cool. So anyway, I got there and the uh, their son was home and he recognized me when I pulled up and I said I brought the puppies for a visit and he was very excited and we went down to the pool I wanted to grab a couple of pictures and then Bobby and Loki splashed in the on the sun ledge a little bit so I sent uh, the parents a text as I was leaving that some unauthorized visitors were playing in their pool and the text that I got back was very sweet yet kind of sad because Penny only had three puppies <laughs> so there were not, you know, 14 to go around. And the text back was, is one or both of those for us? Because they would absolutely adore They were puppy. sixth on the list. Yeah. We had six accounted for, plus then some others if people wanted them. But the, the hard six on the list, they were number six. Yeah. And Penny had three. Yeah. I know. I Maybe know next time. But yeah. anyway, super just... The legend of Penny the Pool Dog lives on. The legend of our legendary customers lives on. It's well, amazing. Penny was fairly young then when we did their pool, and we have pictures of her sitting in the grotto while we're working on it. We have pictures of her inside their pizza oven, yeah. sticking your head out of the pizza oven. You know, so those are really pivotal times in terms of her and her establishing herself as. A worker I mean worker in its own way but yeah. she keeps everybody happy she helps us re reminds us when she wants to play and she interrupts you and she gets gets in your face so she wants to play and that's a really good reason to interrupt us is to break us from that serious hardcoreness of what we are but anyway not for the dogs back to what I was saying so sixth grade for me wasn't traumatic in a bad way in terms of creating one of those bookmarks but our family moved from Michigan to New Jersey and I finished sixth grade, which the kids in sixth grade, the girls in particular, really thought I was cool. I have no idea why. Maybe because I was just a new face in the toward the end of the first of the year, you know, and all of a sudden I was the new kid on the block. But then we, we started seventh, seventh grade in a new school, and then I moved again. And because of that, most childhoods, or an awful lot of people's childhoods, you can't really remember like what between 5th grade, 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade, it's just sort of a blur because there's no hard fact bookmark times. And for me, there's this 11-month period of time that was totally different. And it's really easy for me to recall all of the experiences happening then. In terms of, could I pick out what year happened? Like the three years prior, could I pick out a bunch of events in those three years prior? No. The three years after? No. But in that time, because it was... It was that pattern interrupt, it was a, uh, a bookmark, I, I had that. Now, that's a little bit of reinventing, you know, understanding it, not fully understanding what that is until now, but I can say that I share those experiences that you had in 10th grade, but I was younger and really didn't understand, other than it was something brand new that I didn't understand why, and it happened. But today, so looking back on that, looking back to when I was in 8th grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, 12th grade, whatever. I think for me, if I were to sum up my life in just a few words, 
I think the one one of the things I was always looking for was to create some type of an impact, a, a knownness, of being known for. Uh, not I never had aspirations to be worldwide named something something, but I always had that that wanting to have created a, a known legacy. Now I, I think about this from just a few years ago when you probably remember me saying and I could see it comes from a very egoic perspective that what I want in my life is is to be known as someone who's interesting to be found interesting remember that's probably five six seven years ago where to me the idea of being found interesting mattered and that's coming very much from a an egoic place of I want to be known for something which I've grown past that from an ego standpoint, and instead it's it's more of or replaced by I just want to create a legacy that's of some value. Now, it's not a monetary thing, I mean it could be, it's not a a fame thing, it could be, it's not any of that. It's more of just having walked my walk of life. Hey and, Bob, what are we doing? Stop. And being unafraid to walk my walk of life. I think that's something that we see in people all the time. And you know, we coach all kinds of people and both work-related and not work-related, obviously within the company. But then we do an awful lot of other stuff where we're outreaching to people and, and trying to help people through things. And I really have this desire just to not be held down or overly influenced by fears and staying away from things that scare me and I'd rather just go with those and have the adventure because there's what's the worst that can happen? You know, what's the worst that can happen in either one of our lives? Even, even when we go big on stuff we had a meeting this past week We've never talked about this yet. And his comment to us was, oh, you know, sometimes when you go big, remember this, sometimes when you go big, you run the risk of losing it all, and then what are you going to do? Now, this was a financial thing. And let's not concern ourselves with that. Let's just keep doing cool things, doing them our way, doing them whatever, and having a knowingness that what we're doing comes from a good place. I think taking a page from Richard Branson, he went all in all, all the, the time. time. And most things work, some things did not work. And if things did not work, he, he did something else. Mm -hmm. So, right, I don't have a fear of losing yeah, anything. Going broke I or don't. losing. We've yeah. made money and lost money, and that's just a thing. Yeah. But it's that whole idea of let's not build our lives in fear around, oh, oh if I make too aggressive of a decision. <laughs> so let's, talk, let's bring this to the pools. I was at the pool project today, and it's a Saturday. So neighbors, there's parties going on. There's two houses down there's a pool, there's a bunch of people, it quite must have been a birthday party because they had balloons and stuff. And then on the other side of us there's a pool and there was a small party going on. 
but I could hear the people two houses down, and it's kind of interesting being a fly on the wall, as the owner of the house was there and another guy showed up to, must have been drop his kid off for the party or whatever, I heard the word boat come up. And I just sort of perked up to listen and I could just barely hear, because they're, they're pretty good distance away. Yeah, so excuse Bobby X for so that again, a, but he uh, apparently wants he's just a pants. Wants to join us, so mm -hmm. let's just join the podcast. Why don't you just share the podcast with us? Here we us. go. Okay, so what about the boat? So I, he mentions the boat, and I can see him talking to the other guy, but I can't hear it. But I clearly heard the word boat, and the guy's eyes turned to look at what we were doing. And they stared there, and they stood for, and again... It's a pretty good distance off. They're probably, I don't know, the lots are probably uh, 150 feet wide and they're two, two lots over, so it's probably, you know, a couple hundred feet away maybe. And they chat for a while and whatever and go in and, and then go, go about their business and whatever. So it was kind of interesting. Well, then I caught that guy's eye a couple times, like at a distance, looking. And we're working, doing our thing, and... You know, the girls, I, uh, Jesse and, and Karen over there today, and they're stoning the wall. So picture picture this boat on the side of a pool. And if anyone watched the, the live, they would, Facebook live, they would see what it is. But there's this boat that's a dry sitting area on the edge of the pool. And on the butt end of the boat is the grotto, which is going to be sort of like a, a stone building which has a waterfall and an entrance and a slide coming down. It should be, it's going to turn out really cool. And anyway, the girls were stoning that wall today, starting the corners and starting to build up. So right up out of the water comes all this really cool stone. And they ended up leaving, but in the interim, I've caught this guy's eye a couple times. Like He wants to say something from a distance or he wants to whatever. Well, the girls leave and I'm still there and I'm doing a few things. The, the boat is to a point where we shot it raw in gunite, got the exact shape we wanted, we built it all up, then we went over it with a, uh, a cement finish that would give us the basis, we're going to eco-finish the whole thing, so it's going to be a, it's going to be finished like a fiberglass boat, but it's technically made out of concrete. So I was getting all of that, and I was putting on, on all the adornments, we'd taken off of a boat, the railing that goes from the bow to the back of the boat, and the uh, the glass windows and I was kind of adjusting those to make sure that they're going to work. And here comes this homeowner, and I look up, and there he is, and he says something about, you know, that's really cool. So we struck up a conversation. He had a pool built by a local, another local builder to him, which I know very well, and he he said, you know, the pool, and you know, people just want to talk. They just want to talk about their stuff. And I can see the pool clearly in terms of what it is. And he tells me who built the pool. And then he, uh, he says, you know, the only problem that I have is once the pool is done, it's like that company just doesn't have the ability to take care of or service or whatever their customers. And, and I said, you know, I, I completely understand. I know the company and I, I acknowledge that I knew who they were. They're a good builder. They're all of that. I said, we come from the background of being a volume builder. 
And it's very difficult when you're building volumes of pools to produce any really significant good service to follow up. You, you just, when you're running that fast, it's hard because every single year you're adding a mountain more of customers that you have to take care of. And I said, you know, we've, we've come from that life. We do this now. We do one at a time. We do individual. We do custom. He was asking the name of the company and all of that stuff. And he goes, you know, I, you have a lot of women on the crew, don't you? And then he mentioned that. Then he mentioned, oh, whose puppy was that? And, you know, because I made comment that he throws a ball to his dog every day because it needs to run. And my dog is jealous because she's there, there watching, you know. She'll get her tail way up in the air and she'll watch this dog chase the ball. And I said, yeah. And then he, he mentioned the puppies and they're so cute. And I said, yeah, those are her puppies and we've kept them all in the family and, you know, whatever. And uh, it was just kind of an interesting interaction. And I said, well, here's what we're doing. And I showed him. And he goes, you guys have put a lot of work into this. He goes, you guys work really hard doing what you do. And I said, well, this is what we do. And we've come from a volume builder to do only this stuff that's really satisfying. And if someone wants something crazy or something completely different, let's do a boat. Let's do whatever. And, and he just thought that was really cool. And it was kind of one of those unique and interesting, it was a perfect opportunity for me to build the business and get some more service work. I didn't. I sort of let it be what it would be. And, but certainly he's looking for someone that can take care of his pool. And maybe by the time we finish and all of that, you know, we, we can introduce ourselves a little bit more, but we should, we introduced ourselves by name and everything else. And kind of moved on from that and, and it was just kind of one of those interesting cool experiences not earth-shattering world-changing anything but it was one of those people recognizing you and recognizing this female crew and oh back to that I had said you know it's pretty difficult to find boys that want to work these days and he goes oh he goes I own a restaurant boy I know it's hard to find people to work it was really kind of interesting and and here is this it's crazy cool because it's unique. This boat on the side of a pool. Is it by itself, if you took it out of the environment, is anything special? Other than the fact that it looks like a freaking boat and it's made out of concrete, if you remove that fact, no. But the fact that it was shot out of concrete by me and a bunch of girls, as, as silly as that sounds, you know, in our world, it's, oh, you got to be manly and you got to be, and you got to, whatever, trim and cut. And, you know, they, they, they dra men dramatize this work as, as so detailed. Well, no, it's hard physical labor. The girls are up for the hard physical labor. But then once you get past the hard physical labor, it's just detail. And the, the girls are sensational with detail. And that's, that's a, a whole lesson for me that I've learned is that if you want details done right, give it to girls, don't give it to boys, because you know they just continue to perform in astounding ways. And when you look at that, by the time we're done with this, to think that it's made out of concrete, that's gonna be an insane thought. Right now, because it still looks like concrete, it's still gray and concrete colored, but 80% of it is covered with a coating finish so it doesn't look like raw gunite anymore. But by the time all that is done and all the adornments that we've taken off of our, 
our subject boat and put on there, it's just going to be one of those jaw droppers again, like, how are we going to outdo ourselves now? It's not intricately complex in terms of some of the crazy crap we've built, mm -hmm. but it's, it's simple but extremely difficult to pull off. And, and Karen had mentioned yesterday, she said, she, she just made a comment about how getting it proportional and getting it to the right shape. When you think about your, you're designing three dimension. So we have this idea of a boat. Now, the difficult part of designing this idea of a boat is it's hanging off the deep end of the pool. So it's not like you have a flat spot to work at. Instead, you have this already contoured shape of a pool that becomes part of the boat. And the really cool part of this project to me, I mean, no one else can get excited about it but me, is that beam of the, and it was by design because I had to work on that, but the beam of the pool became the seat of the boat. <coughs> so when you're sitting on that side, as much as you may or may not understand it, that concrete that you're sitting on was actually the shot beam of the wall of the pool. And, and it's just those details, working all of those out, and then getting it proportional to work. And what we had to do is, I wanted to make it wide enough so that, it's, because it's a sitting area, it's, it's designed and maybe we'll even figure out how to put a, a, a an umbrella or something over it, but <coughs> I had to make it wide enough so it wouldn't feel too, you know, the last thing we want to do is have this be like this little <coughs> dinky boat. So what happened was I didn't have the length, so I had to squish it down, but make it wide enough. So up close, it's huge, it's awesome. When you step back, it feels short and squat, which is really interesting, but when you're in it, it's sensational. We did the whole thing, the steering wheel, you can turn, it's got all the gauges in it. Uh, I, I think about this more and more and more, how important it is for me to impress why it's important that I do lighting, is each one of those gauges could have been lit up. If there was a lighting package included in this project, the lights would come on and the oil gauge and the fuel gauge and the speedometer would light up because they were designed for that but I didn't do any of that because part of this, there wasn't a lighting package involved. I'm just thinking about there's a light on the bow, there's a light on the back, there's all that, but all these individual gauges could have had lights in them and, and it's kind of, uh, I'm ultimately gonna talk them into doing lighting because we have to, to make this cool. What we did is that was part of the design. Well, now we decided we're gonna do a like a dock on the edge. And the first por portion of the patio of concrete, we're gonna pour and stamp with Bluestone release to make it blue like water. So when you're walking up to this area, there'll be a section of the concrete that's paint, that's kind of a blue color. And so it, it's it's neat. It's cool. The idea uh, is how do we push ourselves to be better each and every day? And I think this is a good example because here now we did it. We shot it all ourselves. We we carved it, trimmed it, whatever ourselves. There's nobody else involved anymore. And that's huge when you think of everything we've pulled off in the past was with the help of someone else. This project we learned, if we could do this, we can do anything. Me and a bunch of girls, so it's really, really cool. But anyway.
So what do you got? I went on for a good bazillion minutes there of, but it was specific to that stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's good hearing you fired up about this project and all of the things going on in it. So. You know what? You know what else I really like. This was a customer that we, that that were perfectly fine. If you look at a perfectly fine customer, uh, have all the credentials, have all the whatever, and yet. I think I was challenged with, do I have the skill set to, from their perspective, do I have the skill set to produce what they were hoping for? Because remember when he called in, he said, I, I want you to build my backyard dream adventure or something, which, yeah. I mean, if, if there could be like an aha moment would be a customer saying that. And then being able to actually produce because when I went back with that, to them, I met them, we talked, they said they talked about your companies that really didn't have a vision for anything interesting. And I went back to them and I have this drawing design. I think, I think I had like three designs for them because I got excited about the potential and one of them was this boat thing and I'd done a model of the boat. And I remember them looking at each other going, wow, had no, I didn't see this one coming. Because you know everyone else had gone in there. If they, I don't know how many people they'd actually talked to versus sort of just interviewed over the phone. But think about what most people would do. It would be this. Well, let's try to figure out a shape, or I'll get my designer. And if you ever get the call that I'll get my designer, it's going to be just another guy that draws just the exact same pools. There's a few guys in our market that draw a lot of the pools for people, and they are the same boring snoozer custom pools and that's what these people had seen and, and something wasn't resonating with them then I came in with this boat idea and they loved the boat idea the only thing was we switched it we put it on a different side of the waterfall to change some of the stuff there and I think ultimately this is going to be a, a sensational project in terms of a finish a wow moment if if they want to wow people with what is in their backyard this will wow people from here to the end of the time because no one has seen anything like this. Yeah, for sure. Beyond. Because the building, the waterfall is a building. The sitting area is a boat. They still have their raised spa, which is going to be all stone. It's going to be gorgeously beautiful in and of itself, which would be the focal point of every other pool. And that is just like secondary to this. Massive backdrop. Yeah, the, yeah. the backdrop. You know, and once they landscape out the rest of it and, and kind of hide all of the the view, it's going to be spectacular yeah. from the position they're at. So this pool is a little bit different than our signature style because you were willing to do it in Gunite. Let's talk about why this one and why Gunite. Well, here's what's really interesting about that. I never even proposed hybrid. It never came up. When we met with them, number one, I like what he had said when he said, I want you to, you're the guy to build my backyard adventure for my family. I like that. His expectation was gunite. Now, granted, I could have said, well, you know, we could do this, we could do that, you know, here's another opportunity. Instead, and I, I know you and I had that conversation because Here's this opportunity. If we didn't have eco finish, if we didn't have a way to finish off the pool other than 
Pebble or Hydrazo or the normal Gunite things, I would have automatically pushed them to Hydrazo. But knowing that we have this fabulous product in EcoFinish that we can finish off the pool the way we want it to be, it was, it was too much of a stretch to try to find him and go, no, here's what you want instead. And I remember having that conversation with you going, you know, I think I just want to do a Gunite pool. Because, you know, we've had the opportunity to do hundreds of Gunite pools that we've said no to. But this was one because of what he said, because of what it was about, because I had this idea. When I went to them with the design, that could have easily been a hybrid pool. I would have had to change not one thing from a design standpoint, and we could have built that as a hybrid. But I intentionally didn't even try to go, well, let's do this instead. It was just going to be Gunite. And I think because I wanted to try what I was thinking in my head in a Gunite pool. And here's the blessing in that. We, I, I had this struggle as to who to hire to shoot the Gunite. Now granted, we do most stuff in-house. We excavated the pool. We tied all of the steel. And this is a massive undertaking to tie steel. It's not your typical pool in any way, shape, or form. There's seats everywhere, there's benches everywhere, there's yeah, there's there's a bar area that's gonna have seats coming out of it, there's this whole grotto, there's the boat, there's the, the sun shelf, there's the hot tub, all of that had to be tied. And we're the people to do it. And the net result was we tied this entire thing and we're gonna hire a shot creek company that's gonna shoot and place the concrete for us, knowing that we have a pump, but not comfortable with that massive I mean, you know, the shell of the pool is 80 yards of concrete, pretty hardcore. Well, we shot 64 the first day. Of course, it's all of us involved with a shot creek company. And then he refused to come back the second day because he had something else to do. And the net result was, there's 16 yards that still have to get placed. We have to still have to shoot that spot. We still have to finish up a couple other spots and, and a hole in the floor. and. Would three days really hurt if we waited three days for him to come back? Probably not so much, but our crew said, no, let's do it. We'll do it ourselves. We'll shotcrete. Now, we've played with shotcrete. We've done a little bit of shotcrete before, but most of what we've done is just pump. Pump to fill spaces and whatever. And we shot the rest of the pool, our crew. And what that did was said, we can do this. If it's a spa or a sun shelf or a grotto or a waterfall or anything, we can shoot ourselves. Well, that sort of set into motion, well, let's shoot this whole boat ourselves. Let's shoot this whole grotto ourselves. Let's create this whole thing ourselves. And how many shoots later? And here we are, we have this whole raw product done. And again, hidden in some of those moments of anxious anxiety are blessings. And the blessing is we had the tools, we had the know-how, we didn't have everything quite put together right, and that's something I figured out after. It's it's kind of one of those, how, how would you say, uh, synchronicity-ish type of moments. I had bought at an online auction an air vibrator that is supposed to be used when you're pouring like poured walls and stuff you can't just pump the concrete in there. You got to run a vibrator in there as well to get the air bubbles. So you don't trap air bubbles and have all these holes in the wall. And you run this air vibrator, and it vibrates real fast and rough all throughout these walls. That gets rid of the air bubbles. 
Well, I had bought that. It had been sitting in the barn for a couple years. We didn't have a compressor big enough to run it. Well, this year we bought this old compressor that's, you know, really big and powerful. And here was this perfect opportunity to use the pump that we were using for pumping concrete to shotcrete. But what they, the experts recommend when you use that pump for shotcrete is to have an air vibrator on the rack because you have a you have a grate that allows the mud to fall through and when you shotcrete the mud has to be stiff when you pump you just wet it up and you blast it out well here's this two-year-old thing i bought in an auction because i knew eventually i would need it and now we have a compressor that i can run a second line off of and i metal i take some tie wire and i strap that thing to the top of the vet and it solved every problem possible now we can run the mud as dry as we need to run it and that vi what happens that vibrator shakes the grade so much that the mud has to fall through and once it falls through the pump is has no problem pumping it so we were able to turn it up turn it down do whatever we want and we solved all of those issues the answers were all there the confidence wasn't yeah. because we'd never done it before and the unknown is scary and hard and not that i wasn't willing to try but i couldn't see it until the decision was we wait or we do it ourselves let's do it ourselves and once that happened everything changed you know that's something just about our team that i think you and i are continually amazed oh, and delighted by, by yes is the willingness for everybody on our team to do more work harder work and look forward to doing it because it means that we're accomplishing significant things that is something that is growing and for someone who's watching what we're doing I think you can get a sense of that if you talk to our team which we probably don't interview on video nearly enough everybody is game and there's not anybody who says oh I don't want to have to do that whether it's on the service side or if it's on the building side or if it's even our weekly service team who gets back to the office and they're probably happy that they arrive before the storm hit and I say there's stuff outside that has to get moved and as it starts to downpour torrentially they go out and they get it done so every member of our team and especially the girls that are working with you Karen and Katie and Jesse I have noticed this year especially on this gunite pool time and time again we can do it, we can handle that, let's plan that for tomorrow, no hesitation, and that is pretty astounding. It is astounding. It's also astounding, and I, I don't want to do it to necessarily make fun of a crew of men, but we do have a friend in the industry who had recently posted Gunite Day on one of their projects, and there are 12 men, 12 grown men, in a rectangle pool doing the shot creep. And I want to do a picture of that with a picture of our shot crew, which is Al and three girls. Mm -hmm. It's it's mind-boggling. Well, what's interesting when I think about you know you saying that this particular pool, I dug it, not we dug it, I dug it. I was involved. Me and a couple girls tied the entire thing. This is a, it was a pretty intense. When you look at what was involved, it's a very it, large pool. It has a very large sun shelf. It has a love seat. Everything, it has a raised everything, spa. Everything. It has a circular raised spa. Boat and a grotto. Huge, a huge grotto. grotto. Yeah. Like, All of those huge things. Huge grotto. Yeah. 
I could have just hired that all out, which I don't even know how I would have explained to a gunning company how to do it, but I could have. But we believed enough that we could do it, and then let's hire this company to play shotcrete. He showed up with that day, him and one guy, and me and three girls to shoot this entire pool. And our crew of girls were like, let's get it on, let's go, let's do it. He was like, oh, they were, it was, it was just a sense of, oh, you know, it's gonna be so much work. Let's just freaking do it, man. Let's just go, what could be the worst that can happen? Let's, we'll figure out if there's a cutoff point, let's just go. And, and it's amazing because then they picked right back up the next day and said, we can do it. And then the next day, we can do it. And the next day, we can do it. And the next day, we can do it. And I remember the, the final shoot, the last day. So we, we shot the one, after the pool was done, we then shot one wall of the boat so that I, I didn't want to shoot it all at once because I wanted to be able to match it. You know, if you're in the midst of just placing concrete, do something wrong. It could have been wonky or shape, misshapen. So I purposely did one side and then I did the floor so that I would have a place to tie my steel to the second side. It's not holding water. So it's not like it matters how many shoots it takes. This is a dry seating area that's going to be decorated like a boat. So we got all that in and then the final day where we're doing the final finish on the roof of the grotto, the final detail of the slide, and then the final detail of the bow of the boat. You know how like the front of a boat, typically there's like a bow on the front that, you know, either it's hollow underneath or whatever, but this is gonna be solid concrete. Well, Mark says, and you know, Mark being our service guy goes, well, my, my load's kind of low, uh, light tomorrow. Why don't I come out there? I can help you if need be. I'm like, well, come on out. There's plenty of stuff to do anyway, but I pretty much figure we got this. Me and my three girls doing shotcrete. And Mark came out there, he was there the entire time. And you know what Mark did? He troweled the equipment pad. Because the last thing we did was we pumped concrete, what was left, to do the equipment pad and the floor of the boat. And, and that was the extent of what he needed to do. And after about 20 minutes, he came over to me and he goes, hey, do you mind if I take off? You know, I, I'm gonna be gone this weekend and I need to get this stuff done. No, Mark, you're fine. And, you know, and I think, I think he was surprised, and yet not that surprised, that we have a system now, and the, the driver that day said, he pulled up, which is an interesting story too, he pulled up and he goes, is this, is, the, is this the pool that they're shooting the TV show at? I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, oh, they're shooting a, you know, one of those cable TV program shows, and I'm like, oh, Insane Pools? And he goes, I don't know. I'm thinking that must be what it is, maybe. Lucas, who we've met and interacted with, had, uh, you know, had, was doing a show here. And I said, no, we're not doing a show here, but this pool's probably show worthy. And the driver goes, do you mind if I look at it? I'm like, no, not at all. Let's mix up the concrete and walk up there. And here's this boat just about shot and all of that stuff done. And he's like, wow, this is really cool. Mind if I take pictures when we're done today? No, go ahead, take pictures. And I was thinking how, talk about TV worthy, that is TV worthy. If we can build pools that shake up the expectation of what a pool could be for the rest of my career, 
that would be the impact that I would have on the industry is let's just not do what everybody does. That boat, the other part of this is that boat could have been the hot tub. And the customer had asked me about that. He goes, well, could we make the boat into a hot tub? That's like, we can, but I don't think we should. The boat needs to stand alone and then have a hot tub, and I think it was the right decision. And, you know, there's Mark blown away by the fact that the girls, these petite little girls, kick ass. The driver going, I haven't seen men work as hard as you girls work. He didn't tell me that. He told them that. And uh, so that was really cool to get, relay that afterwards. And then to realize, you know, someone's shooting a show around here, which is fine, but it's a typical what we've seen on everything. I know, I'm sure it is. You know what we have, though? We have more YouTube footage, more YouTube time. And we've talked about a show time and time again. Oh, yeah. It would need to be a PBS, like this little Ish, house yeah, style yeah. kind of a thing. Low drama, high like energy performance detail. and yeah. detail yeah. in what we're doing in our certain way. So, yeah, we film our... YouTube. Uh, yeah, and I'm good with that. I don't, I don't think that we need. I don't think that we need any public approval. We get all the approval and all the attaboy that we need in what we do to not need some outside. Who look what you're doing. Yeah. But I do think though that there's a segment of the population that wants to see this. Now it's probably not as huge as a reality television genre of person that loves drama and loves the <gasps> the world's gonna fall in mm -hmm. there's probably a smaller percentage and maybe it's a PBS crowd like you said that would just love to see the what went into it what was the mindset what was the designing what were the challenges how did you fix them how did you solve them what was the process to get there what was the final application and what was the end result and and have the end result just stand for itself versus the the drama and the woo reveal and the let's just show the process because there's a lot of really fun stuff and it's boring and normal to me but it's cool at the same token I was thinking today before before the, the girls left the job I said hey give me a give me a hand here Jesse and we had the you know we got that boat that sea rate boat that we were gonna I was gonna try to cast the side of which was just too massive of a project we had stripped it all, all the metal railing and all the everything that went on there, and we were fitting that onto the boat today because it's ready to get those adornments. And I was having her hold it down, and I was realizing this right here, this little bit of me just, you know, the, the, the original rail is like really tall, and I just took it apart, and I cut it off, and I dropped it down so it would be more functional. Now the kids swimming along the side of the boat can reach up and grab the rail and all of that, I was thinking, that's what people could see. If people could see that, they go, well, I could do that for something else, or that makes sense. Instead of, it's poof magic that stuff's created. Instead, show that process of how we take this cool piece of stainless steel bar that's already been pre-bent with these little things, and we use it to look like what it was originally used for, but now it's this railing that the kids can swim up to the... They can swim up to the boat because the, the wall of the boat is about 16 inches tall and they can grab onto the rail. Pull themselves up, do whatever, but here's this opportunity to share how we arrived at that. And that's the kind of 
TV worthiness stuff that I would like to be known for, not the drama and the hype of the woo, look what he created kind of thing. Very cool. A couple of thoughts based on that is um, just for the sake of mentioning, one of the things that I've really enjoyed doing this past week is, past two weeks really, stepping in at some of our previous pools, delivering um, a couple things for homeowners and Why do you do that? kids to enjoy. Because it makes us feel good. Isn't that cool? It's just, just yummy. Keep you part of people's just lives. In and we do it because we love them and that's why I do it like I showed up at um, the pool where the puppies played and the son was home and I said oh and I have something for you guys and he looked at me and he said why do you keep bringing us stuff because you're awesome and we love you and I had gone up to Pat and Gary's before as well and Pat took a picture of what we brought and seriously it's it's, stuff. it's stuff it's cute little towels and trinkets and whatever and it's put together and it's hand delivered and it, it shows that we care and she took a picture of it and she put it on Facebook and she said we hired them to build our pool three years ago and just randomly they show up with this who does that and that just is such a yummy feeling and unfortunately one of her <laughs> friends commented my pool guy just sends me a bill or something like that so it's we're just different because we do that but when I've been out there I've been able to take pictures of the pools and we've talked before about cleaning up the pools like, we get done building and the homeowners start using them. There's always toys all over. Our pools are comfy couches, they are well loved, well and they used. have stuff everywhere. So very rarely could we walk up to a pool and take what would make a good magazine photo shoot. We would shoot. never be able to in a project that we built. They are very think. hard to do. Always, we're fishing toys out of the pool, dripping water across the patio. Even if people know we're coming, there's always something. Well. Dropping in at the pools, I took a bunch of pictures, and they are so vibrant and so full of life, even with the pool floaties everywhere and the patio Towels furniture the that's kind of the, yeah. strewn about, but they are so yummy. And I've been uploading some of those photos to our Facebook albums, and because the photos just gave me such a good energy jolt, I decided, which we hadn't done much of before, but the Facebook boost, just to give it a few dollars, paid advertising, to show it to more people than would see our page. And the results of a couple of booths, maybe $40 worth over a week or two, has been crazy. The amount of people that are tagging other people in it or commenting, and there's so many more people that are seeing it. I think that weren't aware that stuff this cool could be done with pools. So for the sake of any pool industry people who are listening, or any other industries for that matter, those Facebook boosts of kind of that real life stuff, because we've always had portfolios of our photos, and the new photos are going into those old portfolios that typically don't have any people in them, and they're, you know, the patio furniture is placed just placed, right, and everything yeah. is great, and there's close-ups of details. But then there's just some when the landscaping has come in after a year or two and it's full and lush and just beautiful, beautiful stuff. The other thing that I wanted to touch on as well is I was watching, probably it was in Facebook, there was a pool builder from Pennsylvania that was talking, the Pittsburgh area, that was talking about pools that he builds. And he builds very interesting pools with swim-up bars and 
nice attention to detail, probably a little a lot different in style than the mm -hmm. way we do it, but still very beautiful work. And the one sentence that he said that really stuck out to me and made me sad was, the experience for our homeowner starts when their pool is finished and they get to enjoy it. The experience for our homeowner starts the day they, meet us the day they make that phone call, visit our oh, website, before, yeah. or the day that they, they find us. us online and yeah. they spend those t that time with us, which again, I know we've gone really long, but you know, we haven't talked enough about it. I met with a customer last week who, number one, made a bunch of comments about kind of can't believe that I'm in your backyard because he'd seen me online so much. But our relationship started the minute they clicked play. And more importantly, the minute they clicked play again, and then again, and then again. Because then he mentioned Penny and, and videos and all those different things. That's the relationship. That's the yummy part. So the guy in Pittsburgh is missing it. When we talk about TV shows, it's about from the day that they hit play, play the first time to the day that we're done, which is never. But that even when we're done building the pool, we're never done. We randomly come back. I was at the Zen and Fabulous pool where you had found they loved celebrating Fridays at this pool. When we were building it, it, yeah. it, they called it, it was Shots, Shots Friday. Mm -hmm. Every Friday, it's Shots Friday for the team and for the homeowner, and it was great. And you found a sign that said Fridays, and it was, it was, it was from TGI Fridays. Massively was, big and yeah. super cool, and I Stained know it. Glass window. You just you brought it there, you dropped it off, didn't know what was going to happen with it. Well, the homeowner mounted it on the side of the house, right behind the pool. It is stunning and fabulous. So any of those, they're little things, and it just means I thought about you again, or dropping off the gifts. I just thought about you and wanted to acknowledge that. It's an acknowledgement of that relationship. And for that, right, from the time they quit play until the time they they move from the house, but even then we're not done because I know one couple in particular that we built for a number of years ago sold that house, moved to a different state, and are still following us on Instagram. And they're still alive in the videos that they did with us as well. So they're just super yummy. So it's never over. We're in it really forever. I stopped at a flea market today and I almost bought something for that couple. TGI Friday, the, the, the Shots Friday sign, thinking I should get this for them and I didn't. But because it wasn't right, it wasn't the right price, it wasn't, you know, it just didn't, it didn't make sense. But I thought of them. Out of all the customers we have, I thought about them again and thought this is something that just needs to show up. I can't even, I couldn't tell you until I really think hard about that, I can't tell you what it was. It was something specific to them that had it either been a little bit better or the price or something, I would have just automatically bought it, put it in the truck and it would have showed up in their yard at some point. Well, you do still have something else that'll show I up I do in have yard. something else that's already going to go there anyway. And you know, it that's oh, I do know what it what it was. On the back of this old pickup truck, we're sitting two wooden 
carved tiki poles. Remember, they love tikis. We carved the tikis into their thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I need to buy them for those. The guy wasn't in his booth. Mm -hmm. So I didn't buy them because I had no idea what he wanted. Someone had carved them out of, like, I don't know, must have been fence posts or something. And there were these two tiki god things. Yeah. Also, we could. I know. I know I could. I would have. You know, we don't have nearly enough on our walls. Again, if it, it, again, there's part of it is convenience because I do all of this while I'm working. I'm for every moment that I'm away from work, and I'm looking for stuff. I'm away from work, and so I, I'm always playing that balance. Well, if the guy had been in the booth and I'd been able to say how much, I don't think it would have mattered how much. It would have been pull out some cash and buy them because. They screamed, number one, that customer, but number two, if not that customer, us. It was really cool, but they were really, really cool. I wish the guy had been in the booth. By the time then, I got through the rest of the flea market, and I, bought the, I just bought a few little things. I'd kind of forgotten to go back and look, and shame on me, but I could go back tomorrow and buy them, I suppose. That's what I'll do. I'm heading that way in the morning. I'll buy them in the morning if they're still there, because you're right, they would still be really cool to just show up in their yard or show up here. And again, it doesn't matter. The money doesn't matter. That's the funny thing is the money doesn't matter. Because I always end up having money in my pocket. So why not do something constructively cool with it? Because if you call it karma, if you call it whatever, it just always flipping works out. Yeah, always does. Always does. And why not love on people beyond anything they could have imagined being loved on? Which reminds me of my last story and we're going to be done. I'm on the way home tonight, and it's been blistering hot. You know, I mean, 91 degrees is hot here. It's not hot in the rest of the country. I know. We're wusses. But, you know, when we get consistently these hot days... It's not dry day, heat, though, to it's be not, it, It's pretty heavy. It's, it's yeah, pretty heavy. Moist, you're, 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 you're soaking by the time you step out of your vehicle. But anyway, worked all day doing this pool, and it is pretty intense and stuff, and working on the boat. And I stopped at Speedway on the way back to get a Slurpee, and a bunch of waters, you know, I, they had this buy two get one free of, of Powerades and so I bought them and, and I'm standing there, got all my stuff and a guy's waiting there and he's supposed to go next. I'm like, go ahead, you're next. He goes, no, 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 you go. I see you got all the stuff. I'm like, no, really, I can hold this for a minute. He goes, no, you do it. So I put my stuff up there and he sees my Slurpee and he goes, yeah, I want me one of those. So he walked the other direction to get one, I, and I told her, put it on my bill. And I, she goes, she looks over my shoulder, yeah, he's getting the same size you're getting, whatever. So she just put it on my bill. And then I gathered my stuff and walked out and drove out as quickly as I could because I didn't want to see him. Because it wasn't about that, but it's that idea that if you have money in your pocket and you take care of people, he had done me a huge service by letting me go first. The least I could do was buy him a 99 cent Slurpee. You know, and yet most people won't do that out of some sense of being deserving or being owed or I don't know well, what it is. Well, after they listen to you, perhaps they will. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. And I'm stepping on old Bobby down here. He's uh, he's laying right oh, beneath me here, so he's as relaxed as could be. All so, right. Well, on that anyway, note. I think that's a good place to stop. We'll uh, talk to you next time.